This episode of the Check Out This Record podcast is brought to you by GuitarExclusive.com. Visit now for buying guides, reviews, and more. GuitarExclusive.com. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rock, Rock, Rock and Roll podcast. Check out this record. Journey says don't stop believing, but I say start believing. Your friends have poor taste in rock and roll, and this is a place where you can expand your knowledge on awesome bands that most people have never heard of. My name is The Natural Frank, and with me is the Lord of the Manor and the King of the Castle, Mark. You know, I'm just a a king of fools on my best day. (laughs) <laughs> you could find us on Spotify on everyone's best or worst day. You could find us on Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, and you could see these amazing chiseled jawlines on YouTube. But what? <laughs> but when? Great question. New episodes drop each and every Friday. Absolutely. And if you're hearing us for the first time, welcome. We're going to review records and rip the shit out of the likes of Bon Jovi, YouTube. Boo. Eagles, Boo. even even Journey, uh, and we're gonna have a blast doing so. Lots of mm-hmm. smiles, and we have lots of musical discussions. Uh, but don't worry, we will never tell you what is best. Of course, just our favorites, and we're gonna do a spotlight series on bands, even look into some mysteries in the rock world. Yeah, and you're definitely gonna want to check out our our verse series where Frank and I will duke it out on behalf of uh, two bands or two albums for something that we call around here, total stereo domination. Nice. That was nice. And like crystal clear, man. Thank you. I really try to throw the announcer voice on for that one. <laughs> what an announcer voice you have <laughs> while you're checking that out. Uh, be sure to check us out on Instagram, our Facebook group. Hopefully these episodes will leave you wanting more of our musical goodness. And if you have a record that you want us to check out, that's not Please. you too. Drop us a comment wherever you find us. So, this marks like the fourth episode mark get it this marks the fourth episode in a row um where i refer to a band really from the 80s Mm. uh, making a firm case that there may be more like them um undiscovered here of course by the masses uh this band that we're going to talk about this week is translator which i heard about after seeing my friend dan post about them on uh the old whatever one of those places social media uh, yeah one of those uh, so i checked into them and was very impressed um mark this album we're about to talk about is from 82 Good that's year. not far removed great year you were born that's not far removed of course from the birth of punk new wave <laughs> college alternative grunge was just upon us mark i mean say we're in a band during this time and mm-hmm. you know trying to based on what i mentioned above you know mm. everything is is so fascinating and and like a band like this still wants to be the beatles like what what on uh, what on earth would we do would you say i'd like to think that we'd come up with some sort of son- sonic wormhole that like links all of those influences together the way translator d- did uh but honestly we'd probably just drink a bunch of beer in the garage and sing a bunch of songs that only we knew uh the words to uh yeah. Enough about us, though. Tell me about Translator. Sure. So not a lot of information on them, but uh, they were inspired by the Beatles, the Birds, the 60s California folk bands. Uh, they were formed in L.A. in 1979. Singer guitarist uh, Steve Barton met Larry Decker on bass and Dave Sheff on drums. 
Um, they were joined by second guitarist and singer uh, Robert Darlington. They relocated to San Francisco Go Niners, where they signed to the indie label 415 Records, which received national distribution from Columbia Records. Um, and we have their first record right here, Heartbeats and Triggers. So I'm ready to talk about this, Mark. Are you? You know it, amigo. All right. First track. Everywhere that I'm not. We have the band's most well-known song kicking things off. Uh, the beginning almost has like a jazz feel. That reminds me of Louis Prima's Just a Gigolo with that kind of walking bass line. Uh, Steve Barton does a great job here with word placement. He takes the word impossible and chunks it and pieces it out to really give us the emotion he's trying to convey. Uh, I also love the ending, how it gets rough and rowdy, too. Um, mm. Mark, what a, what a way to start off this record, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I love this song, and it works uh, so great as the opener. You really get a great feel of how layered uh, the album to come is going to be. And at the same time, the song just stands up all on its own really well. It's a great little pop number with a lot more going on under the surface. Great tune. Absolutely. Track two is Necessary Spinning. Uh, this is a more energetic punk-esque tune with Barton giving us um, his kind of new wave vocal tone. Uh, a tale of longing for youth with a really cool breakdown in the middle, allowing the band to get loud and jam. Uh, it may feature a bit maybe of, of repetition, but I like the chaos that, that occurs in this song. Um, Mark, did you do Necessary Spinning in the front yard as a kid? Uh, most of my necessary spinning was actually done in the, the backyard, Frank. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm with you. I, I love the simplicity of the song's repeti uh, repetitious nature uh, and how the tempo never really drops, even when the guitars drop out of the song for a minute, really conveying that sense of spinning out of control right. until you collapse. Just really cool song. Yeah, Absolutely. Another one I think is cool is track three, which is uh, Everything You See. We immediately see the difference between the two songwriters. Robert Darlington's first tune on this album gives us a very goth feel with such lyrics as you were there with eyes that swallowed uh, everything that lives in shadow. Um, just some of the depth that we see here. And then we get this Beatlesque type chorus. Great dynamic thus far and only track only three tracks in. Wouldn't you say, Mark? Yeah, I, I would. I, I love how they change the mood as though we've just collapsed from spinning around and found <laughs> ourselves suddenly kind of motionless on the grass and, and watching the sky as it takes its own life, uh, you know, of motion, certainly with that beautiful harmony. Uh, I love how rigid the drums are here, uh, yet the guitars, bass and vocals seem to just be kind of freely waving in the wind as though. You know, they were just hanging on a, a, a flagpole that was the drums. Really stunning track. Really cool stuff. Track four is When I Am With You, another Barton tune that I'm amazed wasn't a hit single back in the 80s. Such great vibe, great energy, capturing the energy of the, the punk new wave alt kind of movement. Nice open chords ringing out, and it makes you kind of want to pick up the old guitar and strum along. Um, Mark, I know when I'm with you, mm -hmm. you feel like smiling, but what yeah. did you think about this song? You know, I, the feeling's mutual. I feel like smiling when I'm with you, too, which is what you said. This song uh, brings a big smile uh, right to me, brother. Uh, I really am getting that that Jason and the Scorchers feel uh, mm -hmm. and energy. 
that was it seems to be an undertone of the 80s that folks yeah. seem to just not want to acknowledge it's like not at all like all that faux wood paneling and wallpaper that was everywhere back then but people want to pretend that like the only color patterns that existed were like the shades of neon from the pizza hut commemorative <laughs> sunglasses uh, and it's a total <laughs> falsehood of of what the sound really was for the time this feels much more true to what uh, we're finding in this 80s alternative period um it's a little bit more kind of country rock and roll uh free of the 80s country kind of yes. cliche stuff that was going certainly not the rhinestone cowboy side of it yeah uh with with very much uh new wave teeth and some genuine kind of punk rock heart to it, it it's cool as hell yeah you bring up a really good well, first of all, I had those Pizza Hut sunglasses. Just Me so too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. But yeah, it, it's almost it's like a time in the 80s for these bands that no one wants to then talk about at all. Yeah. Uh, maybe because the other stuff was just so big and so massive in the videos and just the way it was uh, being shown in front of us. But a really, really good part, a really good uh, point you bring up. And to the countryness of this, not corny at all. It, it's yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's almost it's it's more sonic than it is. Uh, conceptual right yes. and it is content wise right we're not doing that whole uh you know tornado took my trailer my wife and my dog kind of thing right it, it's more of just kind of that acoustic guitar paired with the loud rock guitar the energy of it yeah and it works in that kind of upbeat folk meets country way but again yeah. without the cliche of it which is right really what sucks about country yeah th this isn't randy drivers or barbara mandrell or anything like that so right. <laughs> uh, track five nothing is saving me um this haunting tune really gives the four members writing uh credits here um the bass sets the tone with some harmonics over that dark uh and gloomy buildup uh to steve's background vocals and then robert's lead uh then it just it really kicks you in the nuts it turns you around and it pushes you off the pushes you in the back and off the cliff you go man um could be one of my faves on the record uh mark is this song saving you oh without a doubt um you know we get that mention uh, of the album's title here heartbreaks and triggers kind of blended in with yes. this, this big sonic landscape opening um yeah this is is, is the last track of the a side and they really build that rich sound up to pull the listener uh, in before turning the record over. It's a really cool mm -hmm. number, really allows them to, to jam and explore their sound and build on it without having to necessarily force a verse and a chorus in a way that they, I mean, they're not really doing traditional verse choruses anyways. So for them to just take this opportunity yes. to, to let their instruments do the speaking and just use lyrics as haunting little overtones for it. Really cool number. Really, really cool. Yeah, musically, you hear them gelling here and let it be known that these members are the current members of Translator whenever they get together. Like, there's been no lineup changes. It's these four guys. So yeah. that's something to be said. And as you said, you're flipping the record over as I did a couple of days ago and I was listening to it nice. and we get this track, uh, Sleeping Snakes. Hello, uh, man. Barton shows off his punky side here with this blaring number centered around what I would assume to be the, the Cold War and the eventual 83, because this is 82, the 83 Soviet nuclear false alarm incident. That's what I was piecing together. Uh, again, I'd like to highlight Barton's use of word placement here with the course saying, stop this missile building, stop this missile building. 
then it's a pause and it just continues. But the way he's doing it again, it's almost like mm-hmm. new sentences, but it's still seamless and it makes sense. Uh, it may be small uh, you know, to some people, but to me, that goes a long way. Uh, Mark, are you digging this tune? I, I really am. I love uh, when a band can emotionally be vulnerable, both with the song of, of longing for another person and with their personal yeah. anxieties like that. Uh, like we just, we just heard in nothing is saving me they right. turn around and do a very political number that balances the album that sacrificing songwriting for sound really cool song really great energy um and at the same time what a great way to start the b-side of this record absolutely and and a number like this doesn't mean like oh here we go we took like a political turn and now like all the songs are like that. it's actually not the case and probably 99 percent of the catalog- only political song on the album right absolutely absolutely and subsequent albums uh too at least that i could point out but man what a great addition and like you said mm-hmm. adding the balance which is awesome yep. track seven favorite drug we we get this kind of funky intro with a groove baseline during the verses showing that the band mark is not a one-trick pony and they really offer mm-hmm. an eclectic mix of tunes that keep the listener engaged um mark your thoughts on this tunage oh um you know, we get that that great kind of darker pop feel. I believe folks would would call this dark wave. Ah, there you go. Um, I, I could be wrong. Let me know in the comments. Uh, it's got that kind of great '80s danceability to it. Uh, while it uh, honestly addresses kind of the dark side of of party drugs and that growing prevalence in the community of you know music in the early '80s and what yeah. we were seeing certainly in the alternatives uh, scene. As it's kind of always been in the alternative, right? That's kind of where the drug use gets kind of, uh, you know, stickier. If yeah. You will. But uh, I dig this track. I think it's really cool. Absolutely. Track eight, everywhere. So Darlington wrote this about the unfortunate shooting of the great uh, legendary John Lennon. Uh, more darkness lyrically with this blood is my silent partner and you're picking cards all jokers. Um, with being such fans of the Beatles, well, not only us, but the band that is, the chorus again rings out with the influence and that middle eight almost giving us like a taxman uh, vibe. Um, I love this tune. Mark, what about you? Yeah, oh, definitely the, the big old Beatles vibe here for sure. And, and certainly you nailed it with that taxman reference. Uh, another track I'm surprised wasn't a huge hit maybe not one of my favorites on the album i think it's it's probably one of my lesser favorites from the album just because there's so much really cool stuff going on here but it's undeniably catchy and like i said i'm really surprised this wasn't i mean this is a perfect radio song this this would have gone over well but i'm i'm again surprised it wasn't yeah again another great point like so for people maybe who haven't heard all the uh, songs on the albums that that they might like better right to the average listener at that time i'm surprised that this song wasn't more in people's uh, faces Mm -hmm. track nine dark region uh it's a dark and goth duet between barton and darlington uh shows that the new wave style is not just for the uk bands Uh, us americans could get down with it as well uh i always uh catch additional details every time i re-listen to this song mark and i imagine that your dark region is indeed a dark room with a lonely record player with only you two and bon jovi records to choose from and you have to pick one right (laughs) the answer is beat myself to death with the record player uh, I mean, I don't know what else. Yeah. Um, I love the way they explore darkness here, right? The galloping drums and the way they describe their restless hands and the anxiety of, of leaving their safe space, right? Like um, just, just a really cool track, really 
really great use of their sound and, and of the studio to really capture uh, that kind of hopelessness. Really cool. Yeah. Track Ted, my heart, your heart. Um, it's not money, not revolution. It's my heart. It's your heart, man. Just another cool tune that you don't expect, or at least I didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. What a great way to end this record and wrap it up. When you say Mark. Yeah, really. Uh, you just don't expect this kind of semi calypso rhythm coming in mm-hmm. almost like a, a dastardly villain entering a villain entering a small Western town, like to kill the sheriff or something. Right. That, that's what it sounds like. This rhythm sounds like to me. Um, it's hard to describe. So if that's totally off base, like my bad, whatever, <laughs> I don't care. Um, you know, and then like, so they kind of have that cool Calypso dark feel, right? And it fades out on the lines. It's my heart. It's your heart. And the drums and bass just kind of play it out. And it's just this really killer touch. There's something cool about ending the album this way. Yeah. It's personal. It's dark, but at the same time, it's still got this motion to it. Really, really cool song. I dig it. Nice. Nice. Well, so let's talk about what happened to the band after this record. Uh, they released uh, 83's No Time Like Now with a very catchy single, On Alone. Uh, in 85, we saw the self-titled record. In 86, we saw Evening of the Harvest. Uh, the band then broke up, right? Not a lot of information, but I imagine, just assuming it could be similar to Thin White Rope, where they were making good records, and maybe just couldn't catch on, and it couldn't sustain itself. Mm-hmm. 2012, the band reunited uh, and released Big Green Lawn. Uh, Mark, before um, before your rating, why don't, uh, well, before that, well, anyway, I don't know what I'm saying, but Mark, why don't you give us your rating? Uh, and, <laughs> and do you think, there you go, that's why I wanted to ask, Mark, do you think that this band was one of the precursors to alternative rock? You know, I, I mean, they certainly were a precursor to what, what you and I know as 90s alternative rock, right? They definitely happened before that. Um, whether they're a big influence on that 90s alternative rock or more of that maybe uh, later 80s, early 90s indie scene. Mm. Um, I think maybe there's a little bit more of an argument there, maybe, but that's another scene that that I don't know well enough to really say like, oh, this is definitely a milestone for them. Right, 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 right. right. As far as that kind of 90s alt sound, I definitely think it's it's a possibility. There's certainly a ton of great pop sensibility here. And and that early alternative scene of the nineties for as much shit as people want to give them definitely had pop sensibility. So I think that there is an argument there. Um, But, you know, uh, as far as the album, Frank, uh, or as I like to call you, my little Frank's uh, Frank Slater um, (laughs) heartbeats and triggers is uh, so much more uh, than an amalgamation of the band's inspiration, right? Steve Barton and Bob Darlington both bring, so much to the table between their individual singing styles and vocal tones. Uh, They managed to blend their individual sounds into a fresh and timeless sound uh, that feels honestly relevant today. Larry Decker and and Dave Chef pull the sound together by being able to elevate the songs with their impeccable timing and and rich tone and sound. Um, I absolutely adore the first half of this record, which is uh, with necessary spinning and nothing is saving me uh, being two of my favorite tracks on the album. Hands down. Uh, I'm really surprised these guys uh, never managed to make it 
to big yeah. uh, and to really have a big hit because clearly the potential was there. The uh, the third and fourth album, Frank, were actually produced by the guy who did all the early Ramones records, which is cool. Not yes. uh, or the or the the. 80s stuff not the right right early 70s that is really cool too yeah but it's i mean it's just a cool touch and like it explains a little bit of why those records sound a certain way and maybe why the label wasn't as interested in being behind them pushing them a little bit more very well because i think at that time frame even though the ramones were huge people people didn't give a shit certainly in the record industry that they still just didn't get it, even though it was taking over. Yeah. Um, but that said, this isn't about them. This is about uh translator uh, triggers and uh, heartbeats and triggers uh, eight and a half out of 10 for me. Nice. Check out this record. Uh, I already told you off air. Uh, I'll be picking this up as soon as I can find it. Awesome, man. Yeah. So this is yet another band from the eighties that I'm starting to adore more and more every day. Uh, this album really doesn't have a bad tune on it and offers so much to the listener. Yes. The Beatles influence is there, but uh, it's so much more uh, that maybe the band didn't even know because they were kind of just starting to form at the end of the day. Um, I love how you get Barton on one side who I view as like the well-rounded singer. Then Darlington gives us this darkness and a more baritone vocal tone. I mean, they almost give themselves a Lennon McCartney type uh, aspect to it. Right. Uh, there's something for everybody on this record. Uh, the all around single of uh, everywhere that I'm not uh, the jangle of uh, when I am with you, the anxiety build of nothing is saving me. The of sleeping snakes the lennon inspired uh, everywhere um why were they not popular again is beyond me was it distribution maybe of 415 records i don't know i mean mtv the year before was just starting airing videos and i know that they needed videos to fill space uh, of all the program that they had so Again, I don't know. Uh, naturally, I'll just blame the record label at the end of the day. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Translator is one of those hidden gems for me. Uh, I'm glad we were able to highlight them. Uh, this record to me gets a 9 out of 10. I encourage everyone to check it out. Uh, so now the, the challenge as we're going through these episodes, Mark, is what do you have for me next week? Yeah. So this this was a tough one because I, I didn't know how I'd top it. So I, I got harder. over the idea of, of trying to find a better record than this. And I think <laughs> you and I have actually been on a very hot streak. I want to return to um, a little bit of a hand Zeppelin. grenade that you've been tossing. <laughs> I'm not going to do Zeppelin, but I do want to do our, our little Goldilocks series of overrated, underrated or or just right. Bring it back um, up. And I'm not doing Led Zeppelin because I can't take it right now. I'm probably doing more harm to myself by doing this. I want to do uh, it's a band that I've always thought was interesting, yet never really gave enough of a shit about to really get into. <laughs> OK, so we're going to do Radiohead's 93 debut Pablo Honey. Wow. It's the one with creep on it. It's yep. the only song I can say I genuinely know by the band. Otherwise, this entire album is a j- it's it's eleven other question marks. I have no idea what else is on this record. Um, I can make an, a bold assumption based on creep, but I really don't think that that's gonna cover what it is uh, I know about Radiohead and how yeah. well that's gonna get into it. And it is their first album. Uh, the Benz, which is the record label everyone recognizes, yeah, uh, is their second album. I didn't want to start there. I wanted to start with with Pablo Honey just to see, right where'd this thing get going and, and where did they take off? Cause they're a, they're a cult phenomenon now, right? They have a, a ravaged rabid cult fan base. So is it worth it or yeah, 
that that's a good one too and that's one like you i've never really taken the time right and people could yeah. could you know could blast us for that but i mean it just it, it, it was a matter of time you know my sister as a kid had the benz cd um mm-hmm. so i was aware of them and then of course you hear okay computer but then of course the the radio just the, played creep as like their only tune and i to my knowledge i don't even think the band really even plays that because uh, they want to disassociate themselves from it so mm. interesting pick i'm really interested to hear how the starting is for this band and um you know let's let's see what our thoughts are man i'm it's what's gonna happen that's right that's right <laughs> sounds fun well hey man thanks for everyone for listening remember mm-hmm. to like subscribe rate review remember be safe out there yeah, can't wait to just chew your ear off next week, my friends. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, as loud as you can, whether you're in your car by yourself or a very crowded room. <sighs> oh, my, my. Oh, hell yes. Oh, bye-bye. Nice, kid. Yeah, it's very nice. Oh, it's so nice to put <laughs> a little show together for you. Oh. <laughs>